Wheel of Time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the Third Age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose in the mountains of mist. The wind was not the beginning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time. But it was a beginning. Hello and welcome to the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author. In this season, we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The queens in this podcast include myself, Alex, and Marissa and Taylor. I said and too many times there. No, it's all good. <laughs> we are your guides and companions for your adventure through various fantasy worlds. And today we're going to be discussing the first part of The Eye of the World, roughly the prologue to the end of chapter 20. Yeah. Can I say you're a mean person? Yeah, I was just going to ask how you guys feel about <laughs> me making you stop at the end of chapter 20. I mean, you got my text in the midst of the night saying, why? Yes. How dare you? How dare you? Well, actually, I believe you put it in a group chat with all of us, too. And I was like, this reinforces my thought that I wasn't going to read it until the day of. So <laughs> Might as well save it. And yeah. I'm still upset about it. I'm still mad. I'm not that sorry. Yeah. But uh, I do appreciate the reactions. <laughs> I mean, cliffhanger, for sure. Just. Yeah. I knew this was going to happen. And I am debating whether or not I'm going to make this happen for you two in book two as well that's um, rude yeah I, i'm, <laughs> I'm I plotting your fate we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> so my plan is just to kind of go through a recap and you guys can sort of jump in as you see parts that you wanted to comment on or had questions about and then i had a few questions at the end for you too and wanted to get like an idea of your favorite characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but is there anything you want to say before we start? Yeah, there is actually one thing I want to say. It's a kind of a general question. Que it's, it's a question more for Taylor, actually. I shouldn't say a general question. There's one person I'm addressing here. <laughs> uh, what does your book look like? Because mine is, you can tell which parts I've read with the tabs. Oh, <laughs> Dude, look, they look twins. the same. <laughs> yeah, I, this is my first Did you time. have a system? Um. I did, and then I ran out of the colors I was using. Yeah. So then I had to switch. Um, that's very stressful, actually. That's yeah. That upsets me a little she, bit. <laughs> she sure is tabbed, though. We had a yeah. lot of. How did you guys feel tabbing a book? I've never actually annotated a book before. So I don't I've know if that's tabbed annotating. No, annotating would be more of like I. I feel like this is like mini annotating, yeah. if you're gonna call it annotating, because it really isn't. Like I wasn't writing in it, mm -hmm. although I. I was actually more tempted than I thought I was going to be because I was like, I kind of want to leave a note. So then I, I, I picked up, you know, a physical notebook. So then I made my notes in here and I like just tabbed it. And then I like had a note about like, oh my God, 
why are you being so stupid? <laughs> For example, I don't know, on this page. <laughs> but I've done it before for school. So I just kind of felt like I was back there. Yeah. It felt like you were. Yeah. And then it really slowed my reading pace down like a lot. I was like, this is taking way longer than it would if I was not reading it for this podcast. Yeah. See, I was reading and then also listening to audiobook, the audiobook, um, because that's just easier for me with a child. (laughs) (laughs) So I would have to remember what I wanted to tag and then go back and re-tag it afterwards. Mm. very chaotic as i am (laughs) i started with like my notes app on my phone and like taking my notes as i was reading Mm -hmm. i I was getting nowhere it took me so long to get through the prologues so yeah and that's how i normally do it when i like want to like i usually write down quotes and i just put it in a notes app and then i was like this is not gonna work i can already tell (laughs) no that's when i just started tabbing and then i had to go back and write out all my notes and my thoughts and feelings. And it's a so lot. So I have, I, I also, Taylor, I don't know if you got these as well, but I bought the like see-through sticky notes. Mm-hmm. So I was putting those in the book and writing notes on them. But like, Yeah, I'm actually book, tempted to do book. that maybe for later ones. I, can, I feel like. I have a lot. So I oh, I mean, some. if you're going to share, I wouldn't turn that down. <laughs> but okay, I just want to say, so I had, I know we want to talk about like uh, the overview and stuff. I just want to say. So I have four colors mm-hmm. and yeah, tell me your systems first. Actually, Okay. So it's not hard and it's not like firm, right? Like, cause I was like, some of these are kind of like more than one reason I'm tabbing them. But, um, so green is just, I liked the section and whether that was because it was like a, an amazing quote or like a really good line or it sounded really poetic or it was just a really good scene. So that's what green was. Yellow is anything characterized. So like any moment where I was like, this seems to tell me a lot about this character or these characters. Uh, red is i didn't like nope it's um foreshadowing danger i think (laughs) this is a clue for something (laughs) danger danger Danger. (laughs) and uh then we have um blue which is anything that i thought was really important about the world i might need to like come back okay taylor what are your tabs (laughs) okay so i started um dark blue for characters um when we met them their physical descriptions information on them um light blue for just things that were kind of nice um in the world about where we were at good descriptions um purple was my foreshadowing this is going to be information i need to remember orange was excitement action things are happening green was for quotes and then it got jumbled up. That's hilarious that we <laughs> use the same color for quotes. I love that. So did you guys choose these categories before you started tabbing? No, I just started going and then I was like, I don't want to tag this with the same color. It has a different reason for <laughs> okay. being tagged. Because that's how I did it too. <laughs> yeah. So I was curious. I feel like that's the only way to actually do it unless you're just, unless you like do this lots. And you have certain things, but even then, like, I, I really had an impulse and I wish I had orange because it would go with colors more than <laughs> the other one I had, which was pink. And I didn't want to add pink in here because I was like, it's <laughs> it was not going to match. And yes, that matters to me. Obviously. Um, but I, if I would have had orange, I probably would have added in one, which would have been what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Taylor, did you pick your categories before? I only um, the purple. I was like, that is foreshadowing. And that's the only one that I. Yeah. Purple feels foreshadowing. Picked and then, I, yeah. 
categories are favorite scenes, which I used like a greenish color. Then I have foreshadowing, which is pink. <laughs> Mine weren't um, like connecting to the feeling. It was just, I like this color. <laughs> I mean, pink this. is close to red and red was, so. <laughs> red was Then I have danger. orange and I just wrote annoying. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> because orange is an quotes. annoying color. <laughs> yeah, yeah orange is annoying. Except you could see... Where I like kind of gave up and got bored with the tabbing because like slowly I, I, I finished love, the book. Sorry, I know we want to get into the summary, but I love how like, where I was, like in meh. the book your tabs are like they're barely sticking out and mine are aggressive. Like they I, come out so far. <laughs> holding the book with the tabs, it's ick, ick, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's ick. Yeah, I don't like. But the nice thing is, is when you get to like like fan them. I don't know. <laughs> I like that feeling. <laughs> Okay, we don't have to concentrate on how much I like tabs um, anymore. We can... I was just curious about your tabbing system. Yes. Sorry, now we can get into the actual. Um, and I actually have a question for you, Taylor, because if anybody has is listening and reading along with us, some copies of this book have two prologues. Me and Marissa only have one prologue, and I know Taylor's copy had two. So which one is first? Uh, Ravens. Is it Ravens? Okay, so if anybody hasn't heard or read the first prologue, um, it's called Ravens, and it's about Egwene, and it's like when she was nine years old, I want to say. Yes, and she's it's nine. just like a little story. We can link that in the show notes because it is online. I will say without that, I don't know that it adds anything. I necessarily. disagree really hard. Like I was like, I don't know how you would read this without. That I think it's intro. Like if you didn't know it was there, you're not necessarily. Yeah, but reading it afterwards you're like oh it gives so much more depth to Egwene because she doesn't have a ton right away because yeah. it's not her POV so you get like a little bit more insight into her character yeah, yeah. I call her and this came I call her Egwene or Egwene Egwene like I said yeah. in the previous episode I called her Eugene until I started <laughs> listening to the audiobooks and that's very much not how it's spelled <laughs> but yeah if you didn't have this Ravens like I wouldn't care about her as much as I do without mm -hmm. having this part yeah. of her. I agree. Um, so, Taylor, I'm just going to read your notes because you took notes on it and <laughs> I didn't write it because I forgot about it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, but basically, the um, yeah, the first prologue is called Ravens and it's a POV of, <laughs> again, this is Taylor's writing, child-sized Egwene, the best water carrier there ever was. <laughs> Um, and basically she notices, like, she's doing a job for, I don't know if it's, like, before a festival, I can't remember. She's carrying so water to, like... it doesn't actually... Sorry. I'm go ahead. just gonna interrupt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, no, I couldn't figure out what it was, because she mentioned a whole bunch of festivals, and then she never said what they were doing that day. Yeah, I, I think it might have just been, like, something... But the then she was, was like, nobody, like, they don't get together reasons other than festivals i think it was These just festivals. sheep shearing season like it was just time no, to shear the sheep that could be correct yeah but it felt like thing. the way there was like one passage and i don't have it in front of me because it's not in my book um but it was like she named all the festivals when they get together and then I was like, hey, well, where are we right now? Because you just said that you're all together in a way that you only are on these festivals. Which festival? But then I was like, it's probably, I don't know. It felt like springtime, right? It was I definitely remember. like. So maybe it was before bell time. Like, because they do sell wool around then, correct? We're like spending a lot of time on this prologue. Yeah, I feel like this is not, but we can, we can maybe come back to this. <laughs> but anyways, it's it's just an insight into Egwene's character, um, how she kind of views sort of like the social norms of her village, just as like a little nine-year-old. Like at one point, 
Um, Taylor wrote this down and it said, she says, why do we have to keep doing something just because it's always had always been done that way? Um, Egwene did not understand why they were allowed to do that. The woman's work was no cooler than the men. So she's just kind of watching the boys in her village around the same age as her and the men and the women and how they interact and just giving just a little bit of background on how she kind of views her life and her village and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And during it, she's seeing all these ravens that are congregating um, and behaving oddly and watching the men and the boys. And, you know, we kind of learn that ravens are the eye of the dark one. Um, Taylor, you asked here, like, what are they actually hoping to see? So I interpret this as basically like, this is how far back the dark one has been looking for this potential new dragon reborn is like, he's been sending it, the being has been sending the minions around to like look for someone who could potentially be this dragon reborn. And it's been as far back as Egwene was nine years old. So around the same time that those boys were that age. Yeah. And I was like, may or may not be our dragon reborn. Am I supposed to be seeing a sign? Like, is there something I'm missing that says who's the dragon like in this prologue? I couldn't No, I think it's more. Yeah, it's more just supposed to be like, this is how far back it's been watched. And it's specifically more supposed to be insight on Egwene's character. So I don't necessarily think you missed anything unless I did, too. So who knows? (laughs) If anyone knows, let yeah. us know. And then um, Tam also tells us a story about the Age of Legends and the War of the Shadow featuring Luz Theron Telamon, who is featured in the prologue. Mm-hmm. So um, I just have to say also, I wrote notes here about Egwene's story. Um, Egwene's arc in this whole series is probably one of my most favorites. So I'm very excited for you two to see how she grows and just her whole story is very awesome. Marissa, you're looking on your phone and I can't tell if you found the notes yet that you were looking for. <laughs> no, or... <laughs> I, I haven't. So I'm, and I'm, I'm just trying to keep listening while I'm looking. So hmm. Maybe why I look like I'm like trying to interrupt. <laughs> you look very intense. Um, so then the next prologue, we basically see the aftermath of trying to seal the Dark One, like the originally, when they originally tried to seal the Dark One away. Um, and this is like the beginning of the breaking of the world. So what happened here is Luz Theron and like a group of male Aes Sedai tried to like seal a boar in the Dark One's prison. And in doing that, the Dark One was able to taint the male half of the power and they sealed him but he tainted the male half meaning that any male Aes Sedai Chandler was going to go insane so you're seeing him wandering around his castle calling for his wife and there's these dead people all around and uh, then someone shows up and is like hey your name is Kinslayer because look what you did (laughs) like oh yeah that body uh, your wife's (laughs) like yeah "Ah." (laughs) and that was you (laughs) so that was very confusing I can imagine if you didn't know what was going on um, I remember the first time I read it and I'm like why what I have no idea what's going on but reading it the second time I was like oh yeah this is interesting <laughs> I immediately knew like the first woman he stepped over was his wife so he's just like yeah calling out for her like where is she that lady and she's there yeah did. yeah um and then once he is awoken by um let me just find the name Alan Morin Tedronai you're mouthful at- yeah, I'm, I can't pronounce that. <laughs> um, and I put insert eye emoji because who are you? Uh, he basically kind of brings him back to sanity for like a couple minutes just so that he can see what he's done. Um, he teleports, travels to the spot and basically blows up and builds 
not builds, but him um, drawing on too much of the power creates the dragon mount, the mountain, and begins the breaking of the world. And I believe the time of madness is also around this time. So that's the prologue. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. Oh, you did find that section, by the way, and it says, um, so this is in the, the Ravens one. But it uh, says there were only five times each year when so many gathered at Beltine, which was passed at shearing when the merchants came to buy the wool. Still a month or m- more off when the month or more off when the merchants came for the cured tattock after Sunday and at full day in the fall. There were other feast days, of course, but none where everyone got together. Yeah. Weird. So, so it's somewhere between Beltine and the shearing. Yeah. OK. And so basically Dragon Mount, yeah, becomes Louis Theron's tomb. Draws in too much of the power and is is big dead under the mountain. Big this dead, is not Amarantha's under the mountain from <laughs> <laughs> a different a different series. Um, and the island that's created um, below Dragon Mount in the river is where the new Tarvalan becomes or Tarvalan. Taylor, you also mentioned the symbol on Luz Theron's cloak. It's half white, half black. You'll see this too at the start of some of the chapters. It almost looks like the yin and yang symbol um, without like the extra colors in each. But that is the original symbol of the Aes Sedai. Now it's split because they don't have male channelers. So the white part is called the Flame of Tarvalon. And then the black part is called the Dragon's Fang. And that's what they like scroll on people's doors when there's like when they're basically bad. (laughs) All right. Yeah. It like literally says that symbol meant something. I was like. What? What does it mean? <laughs> so I wrote a note about it. <laughs> Thank you. See more. <laughs> All right. So after the two prologues, we start off with Rand and Tam on the farm and Bella, of course. Can't forget the horse. And they are heading into the village for the Beltine Festival. Um, and I mentioned this, but Beltine basically kind of a reference to like the Celtic festivals, um, like springtime festivals and that kind of thing. There's a few references in this story with like real world um, things where the the spelling is just slightly different. So also the for the the dance nerds out there, (laughs) uh, they talk about essentially a pole raising ceremony, Mm -hmm. uh, which I was like, this sounds like a maypole. Yeah, (laughs) like this sounds like the maypole dance, like. Like, even the symbolism of it is exactly the same as a maple dance. Um, And I, I was just, you know, it, which is really interesting because that is traced technically back to Germanic origins, at least as far as they can discover. Although the actual origins of the, fe- like, um, like it, it's, I'm going to restart that. So, like, it's mostly still live in countries near Germany and in Germany. Right. Because of that deep history, they've found a lot of evidence of them doing it very, very far back. But it actually has been seen throughout a lot of like very, very early Europe. So they don't actually, there's not like a, a firm origin for the Maypole Festival in our world, let right. alone. And it was a little funny because, I mean, I, I know so much about it because I was a dance major. So obviously I have that background. But <laughs> even the way that, he described it in the book is exactly how it's kind of described. It's like, oh, well, like nobody knows why we do it. And I was like, nobody knows why they do it. <laughs> like nobody knows where it came from. And I was I was having a little moment there. Um, and then I was writing down all these notes about the Maypole dance. And then um, little spoiler for what's about to happen. Uh, we didn't get to see it. And I was a little <laughs> sad about it. <laughs> yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> spoiler. I was ready. Beltine doesn't happen. <laughs> 
sucks to suck. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah. But there is supposed to be a feast and dancing and glee men and maybe fireworks. Fireworks! Uh, the, the boys are very excited about. So excited. Oh, there was fireworks. Yes. Yes. The fireworks was like, <laughs> there was fire. I was like, Gandalf, is that you? <laughs> There was, there, fire there was and fire. there was work. <laughs> that was that was so foreshadowing as, right there. <laughs> as they are uh, riding into town, like pulling the cart with the uh, brandy, I believe it is. Rand kind of turns back and sees this rider in the distance, um, a dark rider, <laughs> a Nazgul, maybe. Did I say that right? Um, and then <laughs> yeah. he gets a little spooked because Tam turns around and doesn't see it, and then he remembers too that like the wind, it was windy, and the cloak on the rider wasn't moving so that's not scary at all um and then when he gets into town he finds out both of his friends matt and perrin had seen them as well as a bunch of other boys in the village so they're like this is odd that we're seeing these riders who knows what's going to happen um i also love matt just showing up just ready to instantly cause chaos <laughs> he just comes in like let's <laughs> matt is every matt i've ever met yes and I don't know how much I loved it <laughs> because I wanted to wring his neck because of that, but I digress. Uh, and we also meet Moraine or have a little introduction to her. I forgot how incredibly short she is. It's hilarious when Miranda's describing like she literally comes up to like his chest, but he feels like she's way taller than him. Um, they notice that Ravens, once again, Ravens, are watching Rand and Matt. They get scared off by Moraine, and she gives them silver coin that they decide they want to keep forever. And I feel like neither of them really know if they are terrified of her or in love with her. They're they're kind of who is this lady? She's she's intriguing. <laughs> um, and then a peddler arrives, causing a bit of a stir. He talks about the Dragon Reborn. Everybody's like, that could never affect this village. Like, be so silly. That's far away. That's a big old red imagine? flag right there. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> This tiny town? <laughs> no, there's no way. <laughs> um, Egwene sasses the hell out of Rand and makes him very uncomfy, and I just enjoyed that so much. <laughs> what were you going to say, Taylor? Um, that the the peddler tells them all that there's a war in Gildan. 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 Um, <laughs> truly isn't actually that far away from Emmonsfield. If you look at the map. If you're looking on the map, yeah. <laughs> that I have printed. <laughs> you printed the map? Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm charting our, our route on it. Oh, wow, will I not be doing that? <laughs> it's okay. You can look at mine. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's war in Gildon, war and madness. And then they all hmm. yeah, start talking about the dragon and just start like freaking out. Like the townspeople mm -hmm. start to panic. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Tam starts up uh what do they call it? A village council meeting because of this. Basically, they pull the peddler in to ask him questions. Taylor, also I like your note here about Rand. It's like, dance with me, Egwene. And she's like, mm, maybe later. Also, maybe I won't ever marry you and maybe I'll get the hell out of here and not like you care. She like flips <laughs> her braid over her shoulder because now her hair is braided. She's a woman now. Yeah. <laughs> and Rand's just like, I can't imagine why Egwene would ever want to leave the two rivers. Like, why would you ever want to leave here? <laughs> Meanwhile, wow. she like literally always has. <laughs> That'll never but... happen. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a Gleeman show up who kind of recruits the boys and Egwene to help with the show later. And they're all very excited about the Gleeman. We love Tom. We love a Gleeman in general. A, a group bard. And Tam comes out after they're, you know, done with the village council meeting. And he tells Rand they are heading back home for the night to do some chores. And kind of he wants to be home for the night, basically. And... 
he waits till they're out of town to tell Rand that um, all the other boy or like the village council knows they've been seeing this creepy dark rider. Um, and Rand like instantly wants to go back into town to tell everybody. And he's like, no, 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 we're not going to cause chaos right now. Let's just go home, which maybe they should have stayed in town. <laughs> yeah, Tam is uh, a real one for also just like believing Rand on anything. Yeah. He's like, oh, there was a guy back there. Green flag for Tam. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, they do some chores and Rand just completely like does the chores without complaining at all. He's like, green green flag for Rand there. Green flag. I love that. Uh, Tam brings out a fancy sword for no reason at all that he just bought. Heavy use of quotes there. And uh, says it's not worth the price he paid. So curious why Tam has this, this blade. And it is a heron marked blade, which is a very important distinction from other blades. Um, they're about to eat dinner and our orcs, I mean Trollocs, <laughs> show up, uh, basically trash the house. Rand hides in the woods and manages to sneak back in and kill one. And then he drags Tam into the village because suddenly he's sick from just a scratch. So uh, Tam got hurt while fighting off the Trollocs. And for some reason, this scratch has just caused him to be super sick. Along the way, Tam mutters about wars and maybe potentially Rand is adopted um, or orphaned on the side of a mountain. Rand doesn't want to believe him. What a way to find out. But also, you are the only red-haired person in this entire town of dark-haired people. So <laughs> what a shock that you might not be from here. <laughs> uh, needless to say, this will come up again. <laughs> they get back to Emmons Field, and that's also been attacked, though specifically Perrin's farm and Matt's house are the ones that like were specifically attacked. Other ones were lit on fire, but those ones were targeted. And um, the forge, which is where Perrin is an apprentice. This is obviously fine. <laughs> um, Nynaeve says she can't help Tam. Rand runs over to find her and Egwene. And Nynaeve is like, look, there's nothing I can do. Other people are ones that I can help. And he takes him to the inn, where I believe it is... Um, What's Egwene's dad's name? I can't remember. The inn owner. Isn't it like Brand? Bran. Yeah. Bran. Yeah. Bran. Yeah. He suggests finding Moraine, I believe. So yes. Ran runs off to find Moraine. She agrees to heal Tam, but also tells Rand that he's going to need to leave along with Matt and Perrin, as it looks like the Trollocs and the Murdral were after specifically them. The Dark One is looking for them. Um, just scrolling through my notes. So the Dark One has quite a few different names. Um, Father of Lies, Shaitan, Shepherd of the Night, Sightblinder, Heartsbane. There's a lot of them that come up. And we've got all different types of shadow spawn that are going to come up. But the common ones are Trollocs, which are the big beasts that are, you know, half human, half animal. The Murdral, which are basically our Nazgul. <laughs> and Drakkar were the other ones that were mentioned here, which are basically like giant flying vampire bat type animals um but along the way we will probably run into golems dark hounds and gray men as well just uh names to just probably yeah potentially <laughs> we might um we also have dark friends that are mentioned at some point um and those are specifically like non-channeling humans that have gone over to the shadow for whatever reason while tam is being healed and resting lan comments on the heron marked blade often the sign of a master swordsman seems a little sus that tam might have just bought one um what are you hiding tam <laughs> and then when tam wakes up he's surprisingly calm with rand just needing to leave he's like darn i wish i could follow you but yeah you do need to leave 
Uh, they get ready to head out. They're going into like the stable to get all their horses kind of saddled up. Um, but we can't leave without our favorite girl and our group bard, Egwene and Tom. Um, Egwene will absolutely not be left behind. And honestly, same. <laughs> she is me. <laughs> if, if I was in a fantasy novel, yeah, no, I'm, I'm coming on the adventure. Rand naturally wants her to stay, but she is not listening to no man. On their way out, they kind of run into the village that's angry about an Aes Sedai being in the town. But Rain also saved a lot of people's lives. And uh, I think it's Bran that is like, hey, are you all really just willing to like basically fight this lady when she just saved your life? Um, and she monologues about Manetherin and the old blood in the village. She kind of gave me Helm's Deep vibe. Helm's Deep vibes. Yeah. That was. I love the section like part of the story. I get shivers every time I read it. The talking about like they held out for three days, then six, then nine. And then on the 10th day, they knew no help was going to come. Like just, I don't know. I love that story. <laughs> it's so intense. <laughs> Uh, in true Lord of the Rings fashion, they are chased by Nazgul and orcs, or Shadowspawn, <laughs> Drolix and Drakkar, and Murdral, and it's a race to cross the river because naturally all dark things hate fast-moving water. They manage to make it across the Terran Ferry, and then it magically sinks. Wonder how that happened. Along the way, Moraine makes sure to revive the horses and the individuals in the group, um, but noticeably... Bella is the least tired of all the horses. And at one point, there was a wild theory, fan theory, that Bella was actually the dark one. And that was why she wasn't tired in that moment. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you right now, Bella is not the dark one. <laughs> I'm disappointed. In case you were concerned. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I was just like, ah, good gal. <laughs> <laughs> we love Bella. <laughs> then uh, once they are across the river moraine summons fog to hide their crossing actually she summoned the fog before not that important anyways to hide their crossing and then they camp for the night in this little like cavern that uh, lan has kind of scoped out for them which taylor comments in the notes here that it sounds very cozy <laughs> and moraine and Egwene talk and she discovers that she can also use the one power which we love love that for her <laughs> Gotta respect the fact that they are being hunted and Egwene still takes the time to do 100 strokes in her hair each night. I believe it's mentioned that Rand like watches her brush her hair. Oh and yeah, I'm he like, counts it. That is hilarious. <laughs> he fully counts her brush strokes. Obsessed much? <laughs> and, then, and then, sorry, this is off topic. I'm going to say it really quickly or else I'll forget. But then he's surprised later when like people are like, hey, like notice you're kind of in love with her. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, panic? Yeah. <laughs> He gets very upset with Egwene on their travels here because she didn't, um, she stopped braiding her hair and that's a big sign of like becoming a woman in the village. And so she's waited her whole life to get to braid yeah, her hair. Yeah, it's inappropriate for him to watch her brush her hair if yeah. she's not going to braid it yeah. afterwards. <laughs> How could he? <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, big, uh, big angry vibes from Rand about the hair. Um, and Rand honestly, through most of the series... Just specifically this book, it's mentioned quite a bit, but he often thinks Egwene is like very helpless and he needs to help her all the time. And quite often she can figure it out herself. So Rand, calm down. <laughs> so they continue to travel along and they're getting trained by Lan as they're going through. So learning how to use their weapons a little bit. Um, Tom does some juggling lessons at night as well. And he tells them stories, which, which we love. When they get to Bear Lawn, Barlon? I think I'm pronouncing that right. Lan tells everyone not to mention anything about the Trollocs or why they are there. I'm sure that will go smoothly and nobody will say anything. 
And then also in Barillon are the White Cloaks, which are kind of like, they give big church cult vibes. Um, they're very anti-Aes Sedai. I'm sure nothing will go wrong with them now or in the future. <laughs> the group also hears news of the false dragon Loghain defeating an army while they're in Barillon. Barillon. Oh my goodness. Matt almost blows their cover a few times by bursting out about Trollocs. Classic. Stop that, Matt. <laughs> Rand has a nightmare where a fiery-looking dude who calls himself Balzaman. Balzaman. Hard to pronounce because there's two A's right there. This is probably fine. Tells him the Aes Sedai will use him and kills a rat by breaking its back. And then when Rand wakes up, he learns that several rats were found in the inn with their backs broken. Again, this is fine. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. <laughs> Perrin also has the same dream and Rand goes off to explore as Perrin is feeling sick and he stays in his room. He meets Min along the way who claims to see auras around people. Uh, this is a fun power. I, it's kind of like seeing the future, but she doesn't always know what the visions mean. So she just sees like images around their heads kind of about their lives. And Taylor, you wrote down specifically what they saw. Egwene, she sees the same thing as when she looks at Mistress Alley's, which is Maureen. So she sees the same kind of visions around an Aes Sedai that she sees around Egwene. Lan has several ruined towers around his head, a baby in a cradle holding a sword, Tom, a man, not him, juggling fire and the White Tower. That doesn't make sense at all for a man. Perrin, a wolf, and a broken crown and trees flowering all around him. Matt, a red eagle, an eye on a balance scale, a dagger with a ruby, a horn and a laughing face. And then Rand, a sword that isn't a sword, a golden crown of laurel leaves, a beggar's staff, you pouring water on sand, a bloody hand and a white iron. Three women standing over a funeral bar with you on it. Black rock wet with blood. Most of all, I see lightning around you, some striking at you, some coming out of you. All awesome things to see. <laughs> Rand also sees Padden Thane in the city. He kind of corners him and tells him about the Trollocs, exactly like he's not supposed to, and then runs into Matt. And Padden Thane is given sus vibes in the city. He's, he's a little skittish. Matt, then natural shit disturber he is just tries to screw with some of the white cloaks which is actually it's kind of funny it ends up being for why so though for why matt <laughs> because because he's matt impulse control i could almost hear him say this is the this is a future matt problem and i was i was i was like it's a future matt problem hate, it ends up I, being a future rand problem it does end up being a future rand problem which is the absolute risk of hanging out with matt yes correct <laughs> don't do it he's not a matthew but he is a matt <laughs> Uh, Rand uh, gets all woozy while this is going on and he laughs at the White Cloaks which draws their attention but they get scared off by his Heronmark blade so so far the Heronmark blade is working for him uh, Rand and Matt ask Tom about their dreams he tells them not to tell Moraine which seems like a terrible idea I mean personally if I was having crazy nightmares I would probably tell the magic lady who is protecting me but that's just me you do you Rand <laughs> Nynaeve shows up as part of the pattern duh and she's pissed right off. Nynaeve, in case you didn't notice, is stubborn <laughs> and angry. And she knows best. And it's, it's my way or the highway, like I said in our intro pod. Nynaeve likes it a certain way. And she does not want to be told different. Anyways, she says the kids have to leave with her. Maureen and the group try and convince her that they have to stay and go to Tarvalon. Nynaeve, Nynaeve isn't really having it. But I believe it's Maureen that ends up convincing her. 
plus just like the situation she just ends up coming along with them and Nynaeve comes out of the room talking with Maureen and basically confirms with Rand. He was born out of the um, out of the city. Out of the city, which is kind of what Maureen is looking for potentially. So not comforting to Rand that he no. may not have been born in the Two Rivers or wasn't born in the Two Rivers. Clearly, the group plans to stay one more night, which of course seems the right thing to do. And Emerald just shows up in the inn. And ch- it gets chased away by land, but that is terrifying. Rand is just walking downstairs to get some milk. <laughs> and he comes back up the stairs and this murder all just jumps out at him. What do you guys think the murderals look like? I'm curious what, what you picture in your head. Well, because they like are eyeless. Well, I have a I have a description right here. <laughs> yeah, Please tell me. Out. <laughs> Raising pale hands to toss the dark cowl that had hidden the face beneath. Cloak hung motionless as the figure moved, and the face. A man's face, but pasty white, like a slug under a rock, and eyeless. From oily black hair to puffy cheeks was as smooth as an eggshell. Gross. Gag. Disgusting. I could show you a picture from the show, too, because they're pretty creepy looking in the show. They are, they're not fun to look at. A, a slug under a rock. What, it's what the slug for me. Yeah. That's just yeah, that's <laughs> picky. Yeah, not a good time. <laughs> they decide to leave that night instead. On their exit, Maureen has to reveal herself as an Aes Sedai to scare off some white cloaks. The white cloaks, this is my rambling here because I, I don't know, this felt like a good thing to note it. There's so many different shades of like villains in this story. The white cloaks aren't good, but they're not like the big bad either. We've got like obviously the dark one, yeah. Forsaken, and the shadow spawn, like those big bad. But then there's also like other things that come in in the later stories that are bad as well, but not the big bad again. And yeah. I just, I don't know, the world building here within just like the villain side of things is is pretty intense. Even the Aes Sedai, like there's some ones that are better than others. There's some that are not great. Like I was just found that very fascinating. There's lots of shades of gray here. If anybody has a comment to that. <laughs> okay. So uh, what I want to say about that is that this actually happens. Um, and I've talked at length before in various podcasts about how much like I'm not always a fan of The Witcher. Uh, but I think the Witcher video game actually displays this really well but there is they reminded me very much of the cult of the eternal flame or the eternal fire which is in you run into them in the witcher 3 in the video game and and they're obviously like referenced throughout the series in all its shapes and forms but they just hate magical things Mm -hmm. and in some cases that includes it includes any non-humans so witches sorceresses and um by some extension witchers as well and so it just reminded me of them because there's this one town that you have to go to and you kind of have to deal with them. But like you don't really like you don't really have to do anything about them, but they're definitely getting in your way because they are they're not the big bad, but they are enough of a bad that like they're problematic. And that's what they reminded me of. I was like, oh, these guys are going to be annoying, not because they're like evil, evil, but because they're going to just be annoying for the sake of being villainous. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy their like presence because I, I I, did also feel like that fleshed out the villains and it wasn't just the big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Taylor, did you kind of have the same? Yeah, definitely that they're going to be annoying. Yeah, like just getting in the way. Like we have a bigger problem here and now we also just have these guys that are just Getting in the way is issue. a great way of describing them. <laughs> and also like very... Yeah, the the ego. I was like, oh, this is the annoying part, which is the same with the the Witcher, the Cult of the Eternal Flame. Like, 
the most annoying part about them is how passionately they think they're better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so hard to even like, even when you're like, had a quest in the game where like, you had the same goal as them, they would just go up against you for no reason because you were a witcher and you're like, what? Like, why are you like this? Like, why? <laughs> we're on the same side. And actually, I, um, I call them white cloaks in here and they're called white cloaks often in the story, but the technical name is Children of the Light is yes, what their actual yeah. title is. Um, so when I was looking them up in this dictionary here, I was like, why, why am it, I not seeing anything under white cloaks? They referred to like as both immediately. Yeah. And it took me a second because they're not necessarily referred to in the same sentence the first time you hear both of their names so i was like is this the same thing or are they like another part of it but then when he meets them in the street it says the children of the light the white cloaks and i was like oh so they are one and the same yeah so they are a society of men who follow strict almost like religious beliefs it, it gives me religious vibes for sure um they have no allegiance to any kind of nation but they're dedicated to the defeat of the Dark One and destruction of all Dark Friends. So, like, they're on the same side of the light as Aes Sedai, except that they consider Aes Sedai and anyone who supports Aes Sedai also Dark Friends. So they're against the Dark One, but they're also against channeling and magic, even on the female side. So, again, it's, like, in the middle. They're, they're against the Dark One, but they're also against our, our good guys here. So that's kind of where they come, from, come in and come from. And like you said, they, they get in the way sometimes. <laughs> naturally and uh, a group of of men cultists of course the ego is gonna come in into play there yeah <laughs> definitely yeah. big ego vibes where was i in my notes here yes okay so moraine has to reveal herself as an Aes Sedai to scare off the white cloaks as they are getting away from Barallon, some trollocs show up and chase them down and off the Camelin road they fight their way through one horde and matt shouts something in the old tongue a language he doesn't even know i'm not going to be able to pronounce what he says but basically he says for the honor of the red eagle for the honor of the rose of the sun the rose of the sun and if we go back to well later on maureen tells him what that means but it is related to minethrin and the old blood that should be in the veins of anyone who lives in the two rivers in that general area. As they are running from another group of Trollocs, Moraine sets a false trail, and as a last resort, they head towards Shatter Logoth or Arkazadum. Arkazadum? <laughs> Moraine explicitly says, I would rather there was any other choice, so obviously things will not go wrong here. They said big Gandalf. Oh, what is that place called? And I just lost Kazadum. it. Kazadum? That's where they go yeah. through, right? Yes. Under the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, mm. the ring bearer can decide. And then Frodo's <laughs> like, I hate this mountain. <laughs> I don't want to be passion. in the snow anymore. Let's go under <laughs> let's, it. <laughs> let's not. Mm-hmm. And and then shit hits the fan. So yep. as soon as- Immediately. As, as soon immediately. as she was like, I mm-hmm. wish there was another choice. I was like, this is where we're going. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bad vibes already. Maureen has to rest from using so much of the power because she kind of made this wall of fire as well to- as they just escape. Casually. Yeah, just a wall of fire. And the boys, specifically Matt, decide to go exploring, which is only the greatest idea ever, considering this entire city is so scary and bad that Trollocs won't even enter no, it. No, no, no. That's not what he heard. But we he heard should enter. Maureen said it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> no Trollocs means safe. Yeah. What could be worse? We should go adventuring by ourselves. Not only by ourselves, not tell anyone no. where we're going. You were just being chased by a horde of Trollocs and Murdral who, like, 
three days ago you oh. thought were nightmares and just like fairy tales and now you're I like just, i just want to say too like you've been told by moraine multiple times that you were so important to the fate of the world that she would kill you before she would let you get in the hands of the wrong people and 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 that heard let's wander this town by ourselves <laughs> this town that is empty wonder why um i don't remember if they actually get no they don't get the story of what why the town is empty until after they come back just just matt being mad just dragging the other boys along of course they don't disagree they just go with him which well, is they, not great they do put up a little bit of a fight so slightly. perrin i was like really i was like i feel like he he knows what's up and he <laughs> has no self-confidence mm -hmm. like that was my vibe Snap i was like perrin. and rand I want to strangle a little bit more than Matt because at least Matt is admitting he's just like nonsense. Yeah. And Rand is like, I'm so awesome. I'm so Wow, brave. Matt is such an idiot. Matt is such an idiot. I'm going to go save the day. And I was like, you're the problem too. Like, And then they're like, oh, it was Matt's idea. I was like, but you, you went with him. <laughs> you followed. Two heads, one brain cell between those two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So as they're exploring this empty town they meet a man named mordeth which also big okay, sus just sorry just red flag this guy comes out of nowhere in the town that you were told was empty yes dressed like, to the nines let's go with him and <laughs> stranger help him danger carry the treasure he found out of this remote area where it's not well lit let's go do that literally would get in the van if he was like hey i got candy in here it was so a candy would go situation. In. Yes. Matt was oh, like, Matt, and Matt was like, candy? Frick yeah, I'm jumping in. Let's go. Why are we still standing here? Again, can I reiterate? Matt has been, like, the three of these boys have been chased by things that they thought were fairy tales a week ago. And they're just ready to go explore this brand I, I new place. I know you're summarizing, but can I summarize what happens? Because yes. I'm still so mad about it. <laughs> I don't do this. I don't do this. I do not get like angry at books like i don't throw things unless i'm like reading a bad book but so they go and they follow mordith into this like dark dark cavern cavern essentially <laughs> under this like building where they even like talk about how the the stairwell going down they can't even see yeah he literally says i'm gonna find it just because it, it feels important that you know so i don't know if you noticed but on the page i'm looking at do you see the red flag <laughs> do you see Instant the red, red flag <laughs> You know what the red tab is on? Uh, Rand thought Mordeth smiled, but in the shadows he could not be sure. I have, the man said, more than I expected, much more, more than I can carry. I never expected to find three strong, healthy young men. If you will help me move what I can take to my horses, or to where my horses are, you may each have a share of the rest, as much as you can carry. Whatever I leave will be gone, carried off by some other treasure hunter before I can return for it. Run away. <laughs> it gives Run bigs, away. like, naive. And Matt says, I told you there must be treasure in this place. <laughs> oh, I could have strangled him. So they follow this guy into this place. Indeed, the winding stairs abruptly gave way to a corridor, dimly lit by scattered smoky. Like, this sounds like a horror movie. Run away. Yes. And then they go. And then... <laughs> Rand notices that the man doesn't have a shadow. Concerning. And he says it out loud. Uh, also, why? Immediately. <laughs> he was so shocked he said it out loud. You don't have a shadow. A goblet <laughs> fell from Matt's hand with a crash. Matt, this is your fault, dude. <laughs> and then, 
like Mordeth like swells into like like some monstrous thing yeah. happens to his face. Yeah. Like it's like this big and I was like like horror horror music playing. <laughs> And Matt said, and then he's shouting to them, you are all dead. You are all dead. Like over and over. And Matt goes, and Perrin, the one with the most brain cells, says, let's get out of here. And I swear to God, but the treasure, Matt protested, <laughs> we can't just leave it. No, you sure as hell can, dude. <laughs> Do you want to live? <laughs> and Perrin's like, we're leaving. Like, no, I'm done with all of this. Let's get out. <laughs> let's get out. I closed the book and I shook it like I was wringing Matt's neck I was like you need to stop now you know why in our preview pod I said Matt don't touch that because it should have just been Matt don't do that because there's so many times in all these books where you're just like Matt why the wheel of time and why Matt did the wrong thing yes (laughs) honestly Anyway, sorry, you can continue summarizing. <laughs> when when it talks about him expanding, I don't know why, but I was picturing the blueberry girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It had, it had very, like, that vibes. <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from. But I was also like, <laughs> I, I knew it was a red flag. Yeah, I put the I literally put flag. it with a red flag. Instant red flag. So they abandon the treasure and run. <laughs> and then when they get back to where the group is, obviously they've been looking for them. I think it's naive is like, lands out looking for you. Where were you? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, just just exploring. We met another person. And Moraine tells them the story of Shatter Logoth, which is not great. <laughs> it's terrifying, actually. Well, also, she they're all like, it's like they're like stumbling over their words. I literally just read this. This is the only way I have this much detail. But they're like stumbling over their words to explain it. And then Rand says more death. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> you met who? Yeah. And explains why that's the one person in this city you absolutely do not want to meet. <laughs> yeah. And then she asks if he gave them anything or if he made them do anything. Or asked them for any favor. Asked them for any favor. Which, which he did. did. <laughs> and they don't feel like telling her that. Yeah. I was like, you guys need to start talking to Moraine. Like, yes. I understand you don't want to trust her. She's like, an I said I or whatever. And I, I don't know some prejudice against them, I guess. But can you please tell her the whole story? Yeah. Like properly? They're scared of this lady, but they did leave the town they grew up in with her. So they should have some yeah, sort I have of a trust lot to say of her. About that once we're done summarizing. <laughs> she, she's saved them how many times already? Yeah. Just like and they're still like also, cannot be trusted. Nah. <laughs> like what's she gonna do to us? When she well, was she's like, kept you alive did, this much. <gasps> Sorry, Tay. <laughs> when she was like, Did he give you anything? I'm kinda convinced Matt took something. Well, obviously the idiot would have it might come back to Get and find out. So sorry, I was really aggressive against you there, Tay. I was just like, I'm so frustrated. I was like, Matt absolutely nope. would have oh. taken something and not said anything. <laughs> she would be like, he didn't give you anything. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, Matt. Yeah. I swear, if you took something, now is the time to fess up. I mean, he didn't give them anything. So he did tell them that they could have the treasure, though. So like by default, if like Matt took part of the treasure, is he taking something from him? That's a good way of looking at it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Listen, when it comes to magic with beings that don't have a shadow, I would just, <laughs> I would just veer on the side of caution. <laughs> All bad vibes. <laughs> uh, Lan comes back into the room with news that Trollocs have entered. So basically, something has scared the Trollocs enough that they are more scared of that than they are of Shadow Logoth, and they're coming into the city to find them. 
it would have been fine. They probably could have hidden there, but there are Trollocs like really close to them, so they got to get out. The group gets ready to escape, and they are separated by Mashadar, which is basically the lost smoke monster is what I wrote. <laughs> but it's a big smoke monster that you don't want to touch or you die. <laughs> Another great sign that Shadow Logoth is a place to explore by yourself. Like, how did they not die? Like, the whole story could have just ended there with them dying. Truly. And no one knowing what happened to them. Yeah. Moraine points to a star, which I get what she's trying to do, and that's probably the only way to give directions, but there's so many ways to get to a certain point in the sky. I feel like that's, it was just a recipe for them to all be split apart. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, They all run in different directions. They get kind of separated. Rand, Matt, and Tom manage to escape to a ship on the river. Rand being narrowly saved by like the mast beam of the ship. Tom shows off his knife throwing skills while they're running. And uh, poor one out for the horses lost to the Trollocs because they do not even give him a second thought. And they meet the captain of the ship, Baildoman, and they book passage to Whitebridge. And then we see Perrin and Egwene manage to get out of the city. They reach the river, but are separated, and we only see Perrin make it to the other side. And then again, Might Rand... I also pour one out for his horse who fell into yes. the river? <laughs> right. Oh, Perrin's horse poor also. thing. Poor horse. Rough. A lot of rough. Very much not like Lord of the Rings, where the horses always get a happy ending. <laughs> um, Miss Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> Rand, as he often does, laments that he should have taken better care of Egwene because she's a fragile baby who can't take care of herself. I'm only annoyed already because this is the first of many times that Rand tries to protect all women at all times. Um, and I know it's coming from his small town upbringing and probably how, like, you know, a small town country boy would feel, but it is very irritating. And uh, lastly, I'm very sorry for making you two stop here. And I totally forgot we do get more POVs than just Rand. I think I said that in the first podcast, but you see like a little bit of Perrin there. You get you get the touch of Perrin and I was like, <clears throat> this is when the, like that was my <laughs> sign because I was so, I and I was, I was like so ready for it to not be Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, are we starting in with like our takes on what yes. all of this is? Tell happened? me how you feel. Well, can I, can I jump ahead to a fun little game that Taylor wanted to play which was catch the red flags of the men (laughs) that wasn't how she said it that's how i'm saying it um because i have one for rand well i have many for rand love that absolutely freaking rand (laughs) but back when they're you know happy in two rivers and he's like why would anyone leave this is silly she says maybe i want to see some of the places i hear about in the stories have you ever thought about that which fair (laughs) woman wants to travel and he says of course i have i daydream sometimes but i know the difference between daydreams and what's real and i (laughs) was like if she punches him in the throat right now it's not enough and then he (laughs) and i don't and he's like well that's not what i meant i was like but that's what you said i red flag yeah rand is a is a big dumb idiot sometimes (laughs) i just i like also like so I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot on every single podcast that I have, but I have this friend and this one time he went on this huge rant about a thing that was not related to any book, but he said probably a hundred times over, he said the words, if everyone could learn to talk to each other, we would have world effing peace. Mm-hmm. Like I think of that every once in a while because if Rand just told Egwene how he felt about her, mm-hmm. this would all be very simple. And like she we, clearly knows and, <laughs> and like wants him to knows, say it. <laughs> and so she could also talk to him about yes. how she feels. Yeah. Uh, and we could all deal with this without. But to be fair, Gwyn isn't the one acting like a child. 
she's moving on with her life. She and he's the one who's like, oh, I, I wish I would have taken better care of her. Well, maybe if you talk to her like a person, she would understand that yeah. you feel some way about her and uh, you guys could work it out from there. Also, I think, Taylor, you wrote this in your notes, but Rand is always concerned about Egwene and like making sure she's protected. And at one point, they're literally being chased by shadow spawn and she's smiling she is having the well, time of her so life he also yes. he also said at one point that he was he was like happy that something was happening because at least Aguin didn't look like she was having fun anymore and that it was some big adventure and i was like you can chill bro like the girl you love he's like i'm so happy she looks miserable and i was like this is yes literally Ooh. Yeah. Let me I have a red you flag. To my therapist. <laughs> give it give it to me, Tay. For Rand, um, just hoping that Egwene would fail when she was making the stone light up with Moraine. He's literally like, fail, fail, fail in his head at her. Yes. Like, okay. He's okay. like, I actually want you to live a miserable, disappointing life so that you will settle for me. <laughs> and let's actually talk about the the like scaredness of the Aes Sedai because I'm not trying to, um, I don't know, give an excuse for that specific moment, but him being scared of the Aes Sedai and the general, I don't know, aura of the Aes Sedai, specifically when it comes to men who can channel, they destroyed the world. So there's one specific, um, they call them Ajas in the White Tower. That is dedicated to basically finding male channelers and gentling them, which gentling means taking away their ability to channel. And pretty much after you get gentled, you basically give up wanting to live because you can't access the power anymore and like get basically depressed and want to die often is what happens. So usually men that have been gentled end up wandering off to be alone or you know going to die somewhere because that's just kind of the vibe. So what he's learned and like the... His general view of Aes Sedai as a guy would be if he is someone who could channel, if any of them are someone he could channel, that an Aes Sedai would basically want to kill him because that's kind of what they do. Moraine is not a Red Aja um, of the Red Aja, so he doesn't necessarily know that yet, um, but he doesn't know very much about Aes Sedai anyways. They have a lot of like mythology and and rumors about them, which they have specifically like kept up because they want that kind of smoke screen between them and regular people so that is where a little bit of the fear well, is coming yeah from there so as well. and then he has that argument with uh queen and he is like yelling at her <laughs> and she's like women's circle is none of your business and i will be an Aes Sedai. like you can't tell me what to do and i was like absolutely girl you go <laughs> yes <girly>. and <laughs> she asks him if he thinks Moraine Sedai is a dark friend and they're like right in the middle of like everyone there and he's like I don't know what she is <laughs> but <laughs> I, I like, followed her out of my village <laughs> that's bold <laughs> and then yeah. I don't know what she is but whatever she is it doesn't say anything about the rest of them the stories and she says grow up Rand forget the stories and use your eyes which I liked that line mm. like forget the rumors and use what you have going on here but like I was just like, this guy and all these guys, actually, and that includes Tom. I, I just like, I was like, oh, it's just reeking of just the inability to like trust this woman mm -hmm. might not be terrible, even if she goes out of her way to like save them. All because she said, and the only thing that's like genuinely a red flag about her, and it's not even that big of a like deal in the like terms of the world, is like she does tell them, she's like, I would rather kill you 
than let you fall into the wrong hands Mm -hmm. if it came to that. And I'm like, yeah, that's what would make me nervous, like, for sure, if I was the person that she was protecting. But also, like, she's doing it for the good of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, it's like, it's not like she has, and I know it's like, you can't trust what the eyes that I say, like, that's been, like, reiterated over and over and over again. But, like, also then, why go with her? Mm -hmm. Other than Rand being a childish boy and saying over and over that he was given no choice, which I was like, okay, but, like, you (laughs) went out of there of your own free will like she didn't drag you out she probably would have but she didn't have to so like way to blame all your problems on everyone else dude like (laughs) and moraine and generally the Aes Sedai are um interesting like i said there's shades of gray in them as well like they have their very much their own agenda but she specifically says like anything the dark one does i oppose so like yeah that you can believe and then (laughs) even i have this flag to a couple pages after that Mm -hmm. fight that they have Mm -hmm. but Aguine is like very much trying to be like oh but like the breaking of the world and stuff like that was all the men I said I like Mm -hmm. like women I said I aren't bad yeah and then like Maureen Maureen is is like like, well you can't really say that and she says becoming an I said I will not change you from what you are and I really liked that line like one in general it's just like a nice line about a lot of things in life like giving yourself or having certain things or or following certain paths won't change who you are mm-hmm. if at the root of it you're not doing it for the right reasons but i was like i just don't get how at that point you're looking at this woman and being like oh my god she has to be evil when you're you could look at all of mankind or whatever even in this book and be like well that means i must be evil because like this person committed this atrocity mm-hmm. and i'm a, like i'm a man like it was it was it's like the same thing like that and mm-hmm. i'm like man all the like these three boys really need to grow up parent <laughs> parent is like the only one i have like a modicum of like wow he doesn't think moraine is like super super evil mm-hmm. like cuz he thought about telling her about the dreams and all that and then rand and matt were like why would we tell her anything <laughs> why would we tell the lady who saved our lives multiple times anything um, the boys are, I believe they're like 19 currently too. So yeah, I mean, I just probably just wanting to punch a 19 year old boy in the face. <laughs> and I think Egwene is 17, so slightly younger. Tom, we don't know. Uh, Agu- uh, Naive is older than Egwene, obviously. Um, I think she's like 25, so still younger, but slightly older than the boys. Maureen, you don't know the age of, and neither do you know when. There was something else I was going to say about the Aes Sedai. Oh, Maureen specifically, the boys don't know this yet, but her, basically, like, her life's work is to find the Dragon Reborn. So yeah. that's why she's also very intense about her quest. And she said to them, like, I'd rather you, I'd rather kill you than you fall into the hands of the Dark One. Yeah. Which is fair if that's your life's work. <laughs> basically, you know, get it. Get it, girl. <laughs> yeah, valid. Uh, so I did have uh, another red flag for Rand, and that was him just drinking a <laughs> glass of milk, <laughs> like going absolutely out of his way. Big He's red like, flag. Oh God! Maybe that's why the Murdral found him in the hallway. Honestly, no. <laughs> Instant ick. <laughs> like a milk I, drinker. <laughs> I feel like all the guys, except for. Like drink Lan. milk <laughs> no 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 all the guys except for lan i was like red flag like red flag red that's flag. because lan shuts up and does what he's doing. T- 
Tom, even when he was like, "You shouldn't tell Moraine," I was like, "I could punch you in the face right now." Like, and Tom, what are you doing? his story will come up. Why he specifically has a fear of Aes Sedai? His story comes up later. Also, along being scared of Aes Sedai, like the boys do come from a small town, so the stories that get to them. Like at this point in the story, they thought Trollocs were fake too, right? So as I know, but I feel like I feel like maybe I'm not like buying into that as much because I'm like, eh. But like I just had to laugh at the fact that like Rand was like, I will go into this house full of Trollocs and talk to one, (laughs) but I will not tell the woman who heals me with my magic powers and healed my father without asking for anything. Because she literally is like, you don't have to pay me anything. He's like, I'll do whatever you want. And she's like, you don't have to pay me anything. He's like, I'll do whatever you want. And she's like, okay, we can talk about that later. Like, (laughs) I just just need you to know you don't have to do anything. (laughs) Like, you're not in my debt. And he's literally like, oh, but she's super evil, obviously. And we can't. We can't tell her even partial stories. And I think that's where I'm like, I just don't really get that part. Like, I understand having a hesitation about her and maybe keeping a little bit of your hand to yourself. (laughs) But she mentions many times, like, if they start having dreams, she needs to know about it. And then they just, they're like, they're like, do you think we should tell her? And I'm like, yes. 100%. (laughs) It's like the the thing that comes up in any story where you're just like, please, like like you said, just communicate. Just communicate. (laughs) Just talk. Just Just talk. Communicate. And I know, but like, also, and maybe this is just like, the pragmatic side of me coming out i'm like if she wanted to kill you she has the power to do that and you wouldn't even know it happened Mm -hmm. like maybe just like i'm so sorry i know that's very scary and i know it's big scary lady with a with a staff but maybe maybe if she was gonna kill you she would have already killed you yeah well they also know too that like she's bound by oaths meaning she basically can't outwardly attack them yeah and she also can't outwardly tell them a lie so believe her a little bit more i don't know (laughs) yeah i just feel like i would go into it being like i need to communicate better with her so she can't like get around the truth but not like our fantasy stories would be very short because we would immediately communicate (laughs) like hey maureen i had a dream (laughs) real scary (laughs) i would have woken her up (laughs) like like she would not have gone to sleep I had a, Help me. I had a bad dream. It was a big evil baddie who was saying mean things to me. Yeah. Especially a dream where something happens in the dream and then you wake up and that thing has happened. You watch a rat get its back broken and you wake up and the inn has 12 rats inside well, with their backs broken. Also a dream in which you can like um, hit stuff yeah. and like you can like there's tactile feedback. And he comes out with like a prick on his finger. Yeah. Like he like I'm a like. A magic dream? Hello. I would. I I would be so scared and then he's like i'm just gonna fall back asleep pardon <laughs> pardon i would never sleep the naivete <laughs> one thing about these dreams um because like seems like all three boys have the same magic dream also mm-hmm. that's a sign to tell someone dream. that you're having Sus. all the same dream um so we see rand's dream in the book and he's offered wine by Balzamon, Balzamon. It's hard to say. And like, he's like, oh, he must be thirsty. And Rand's like, yeah, I am like really thirsty. And then thinks better of it before he drinks. <laughs> Matt would have drank the wine. Matt, Matt did drink. So the wine. if they had the same, dream. I don't know what happened in his dream for sure. But he, dr- he, he didn't even have to be asked. He was like, this wine's for me. Eh? <laughs> Matt, don't touch that. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe that didn't happen in Matt's dream because. I, 
if you were going to die from drinking me, the wine, uh, like Matt, Persephone dead. Hades, you know, eating the food in the underworld and you have to stay there vibes. <laughs> it gives me Matt revealed more in his dream than anyone else. That's what it's giving me. Yeah. Because if, if the wine, because the purpose is not, I don't, unless I'm missing something big, but like not to kill them. So if the purpose is to get more information, then Matt, Matt has some guilt built up because he revealed all. Mm-hmm. like also him walking around yeah at least matt knows he's 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 you know like it's just like it, rand's like i'm such a good guy and then matt's like i'm not i'm not <laughs> i'm just i'm gonna start shit and everyone else is gonna have to deal with it and maybe me he too. starts things he does not finish them no he does not, not yet. but unless he's forced to but like i just and then poor perrin i've never felt bad for a man these boys <laughs> i was like what is going on perrin 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 you know better um, Taylor, you had a great theory about Tam, and I want to hear it, or I want you to tell tell the class. Tell the class. Because I love it. Okay. Yeah, this is this is one of my theories. And I did have a question to ask you, Alex. I don't know if you can answer it or not. It could straight debunk this theory. You can ask me. I can ask you later, and I can ask you now. Okay, are warders like bred or can you, yeah, just, you just become, become a warder? A warder. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Because like it said, like Land born with a sword in his hand like a few times, like he's always been doing this his whole life, whatever. So I wasn't quite sure. But in this case, if you can become a warder, I think that Tam was a warder. The flame in the void, like uh, Rand mentions that when Land's giving them the weapons lessons um and he's like oh you're talking about the flame of the void my father taught me about that and land gives him an unreadable look so i'm like that's something um the heron blade being like the sign of a master swordsman and land being like kind of weird you've got a heron blade out here <laughs> and man's like it's my dad's and land's like kind of weird for a sheep herder to have one of Very those swords blade. tam he knows things about the trollocs um, everything Rand said about the Merdral having to leave. He was like, yep, I believe He also wasn't it. very concerned about um, uh, Morin being and I think guy, if I remember correctly. Like, not super cautious about it. Yeah, I don't think I got any weird vibes from him He did about say that. that you can't trust them and that they only trust what they say. For their own purpose. Which tracks, even. Which, like, does track. Which I think makes kind of sounds a bit more of an emotional thought on that which leads me to thinking that kari carrie kari tam's wife ran's theoretical mom was tam's Aes Sedai that he was the warder for um and then they brought rand back to the two rivers either to like hide after the war the breaking whatever they were in whether they knew what he's gonna be because i'm still on board of rand being the dragon it just feels too obvious yeah it just feels too obvious for rand to be the dragon but like that's that's my vibe from it because i'm like it it feels like he has to be so obviously he's not um but i i do i think (laughs) it's just obvious he has Uh, to be i i agree i had the same vibe about tam i like this theory but i like i'm not uh, obviously i don't know anything so i'm not committed to it but i definitely did have that vibe especially and at the same moment where they were in the training session i was like that's suspicious you already know what this is <laughs> like um, this is this is wild <laughs> you do find out a bit more about tam's past eventually mm-hmm. but also robert jordan was going to write a prequel about tam as well um at one point before he passed away but that was that was going to be a character that was explored more so that's interesting yeah. yeah uh taylor i also love your theory about the great hunt of the horn as well 
um, that you mentioned just below that. Yeah, so we get a lot of stories in the book so far. Like Tam tells a story of the Age of Legends and Tom is telling stories all the time because that's his shtick. And one of the tales he mentions is The Great Hunt of the Horn. And our next book, book two, is called The Great Hunt. And, you know, we've got this theme about patterns and... You know, the wheel of time keeps turning. So I think that our IRL Great Hunt book that we are going to read is The Great Hunt of the Horn told again with the characters that we have. You know, as the wheel turns, part of the pattern, whatever Maureen would say. Yeah, that's into that. I say another theory and find out. (laughs) Okay, boss. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Also, just quick mention, uh, I have not heard the last podcast that we recorded where I intro the series, but I swear if I said the wheel wills as the wheel weaves, I will be mortified. <laughs> I've thought about it every single day since we <laughs> recorded. So everyone pays super close attention to Please. that. And I hope that I did Alex not say that. If she, if she said that, <laughs> come for her. All right. Do you guys have any major points you wanted to make? I have a few questions for you, too. But is there anything else you wanted to quickly run through? Tay? I have a question for you mm-hmm. guys. Um, when the Trollocs attack the Althor farm and Tam tells Rand to just run, if someone you loved told you to run while they held off a monster, would you do it? Okay. I thought about this question. And for me, if I had my kid... <laughs> And my husband told me to run with the kid. I feel like I would. But if it was just me and him, I feel like I would stay. So brave of you. I think. But maybe I'm over. I actually. Yeah, I think I really liked that section because of how Rand reacted. He reacted very much like most 19-year-old kids would. I feel like had his father not made it, that would have been a point of like, I cannot believe I actually listened to Mm -hmm. him and didn't stay, even though that was definitely the right thing to do. And I think I want to say I would stay and I want to believe that, but I don't think I can say that without knowing that adrenaline takes over. So I felt like I actually really appreciated every section of action where Rand was kind of like like bombarded with the fact that he had no idea what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that when he was attacked in the inn, he didn't like pull out his sword. And then afterwards, he's like, I didn't pull up like, oh, I should have, <laughs> I have this out. A, a literal <laughs> sword. <laughs> and I was like, like, that's another reason to be like, oh my god, Rand's so silly. But like, those are the moments where I was like no that's actually what would happen like this guy hasn't been trained he grew up on a farm like Mm -hmm. like which if his if 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 the theory about his dad is anywhere close to being right shame on Tam (laughs) for not preparing this this boy I have judgment there but you could have taught him a little self-defense yeah if there was a chance he, was he knows to be... self-defense then yeah it wouldn't be the worst thing to teach it wouldn't son. be the worst <laughs> thing in the world like he also you have an excuse he lives on a farm there's wolves and stuff you could have yeah. just played it off like that you didn't have to show up all your skills but i i really liked that he just like scurried out the window and he like also was like oh i think they're at the back door as he's like <laughs> like his voice is breaking and i was like this is accurate like this is not a big heroic moment for mm-hmm. rand and it shouldn't be and listening to you guys describe the boys and just in general like their childishness and it also rereading the series so far the amount of growth all of these characters yeah. have over i mean it's 14 books so obviously they have to grow yeah but it's not even that 
long of a time period per se, but the amount of growth they go through is so crazy. Going from the last time I read the series, I had like the last book I read was the final one and yeah. reading the first one. It's just very fascinating to see the jump there. Even like Rand, I feel like I don't want to I don't want to excuse this because I'm still really annoyed at how he like treats Aguin in his head and being like, you need to fail. But like also he does have that like, oh, I'm an awful person for thinking that. And like it like I was it kind of slowly got more where he was like I really shouldn't be thinking that and you're like yeah dude like why are you like this like what is going on I I liked that but yeah like like to answer your question I want to say no like I I don't think I would listen but like I probably would in reality if it was somebody like that kind of figure too where you know 10 foot tall beast (laughs) well not even that but like this this idea he has about his dad being basically like untouchable Mm -hmm. and like being with that kind of person they're like hey run you're like cool Bye. <laughs> Tay, I can't remember if you answered. Would you run? Yeah. <laughs> I think I I'm would. out of there. I think thinking of the person who's going to stand up to this monster and telling you to run, if you didn't book it and I said run, I would be pissed. Like, what am I, do- yeah. what am I doing this for? What am yeah. I doing? Like, that was, please. That was kind of, I, I also thought that was the end of the line for Tam. I was like, this is, this, this guy's That was an gone. easy out for Tam, for sure. That could have been. That was, that, that was it. The and then he, he, he survived and then, and then poor Rand drug him yeah. to the town and i was like this kid is they're not close to the town either that was yeah, a long walk that was that was dedication and then he's like i can't hear my father anymore and i was like yeah he's dead and then he was not dead i was like wow that's that's, that's amazing and then the, gets what, to uh, town and my name's like oh, yeah, he's like, dead he's dead and then he's like i didn't like that answer no <laughs> like, disagree he, he was like you're not gonna do anything which also i was like i get nine Nynaeve's like yeah. perspective here like I She's get pragmatic. what she has to do but like I was like she she could have I was like I would hate her for the rest of my life. Nynaeve is oh. very like ER trauma nurse in that moment because she looked at him was like can't do it got other things that I have to deal with sorry and walked away basically Yeah, she was like what do you want me to do with this yeah. this person's dead yeah she was like no, no I have people I can't help <laughs> she's not wrong for that but if I was Rand I would be like dude like, yeah to be honest the fact that me. he didn't even think about it afterwards like he was just nervous around her again I was like yeah dude I don't know I'd be a little bit Pissed. you didn't help my father <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which also was maybe I was I was a little bit struck when he was like so against trusting Maureen. I was like, you know, like to be fair, she did. She was like falling over herself with exhaustion, mm-hmm. and then she came and helped your father. Yeah, and literally didn't like you kept offering things for her, and she was like, stop, <laughs> calm down, <laughs> calm down. It's fine. I'll yeah. help. But I don't know. Read and find out. <laughs> okay, one of my questions is. How much of that felt like the Lord of the Rings to you? Too? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> this start of this book is very, very Lord of this the Rings. This is a retelling of the Lord of the yes. Rings. And it's Lord of the Rings, except there's t- three women. Yeah. <laughs> wow, crazy. <laughs> there are many more women in this story, I promise. Um, okay, this was something that Jordan actually specifically said that he wanted people to feel comfortable when they started out in his world. Yeah, actually, so, so I did have that, that feeling. Series. I wrote it down in or a the little book. Events similar. Yeah, I wrote it down in my little book that it felt like slipping on a jacket mm-hmm. or like slipping on a sweater. Like reading this story felt like like slipping into something comfy. And I enjoyed that while also there was a tiny little fraction of me that was angry 
because I was like, because I keep looking at the front of my book and I don't, it makes me mad because I love Tolkien so much, but it's like Jordan has come to dominate the world that Tolkien began to reveal. And I'm like, that feels very unfair to Tolkien. Yeah. It's like Tolkien, <laughs> Tolkien like scratched the surface of the fantasy world, said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I know this is like from the New York Times and I, who am I to contradict the New York Times? But also... Who is the New York Times to contradict Tolkien? Like, I was, like, actually, like, a little bit, like, fanatically upset about that. And then, so I think that put me in a bad mood where I was like, this feels like a retelling of The Lord of the Rings. And while I'm very, I'm enjoying it, I'm very comfortable in the story. I'm loving the story. I'm not trying to take away from Jordan. But it felt a little bit like there was that part of me that kept thinking, okay, like, I just don't like that comment even more now. Because, (laughs) and as you're saying, like, oh, he wanted people to feel comfortable. So he used Tolkien's work to get ahead and then people were like oh he's better than Tolkien yeah. which I'm like hey, I let's someone like... in one of the books I read about him called him the American Tolkien which I like a little bit better because yeah that's fair like I, I don't mind putting people on the same pe- pedestal as Tolkien I'm definitely not somebody who wants to put like Tolkien up there in an untouchable way like there's definitely things I don't like about Tolkien's books the fact that there's zero women <laughs> well there for one <laughs> This is not a Lord of the Rings podcast, but... Yeah, there there is a lot of problems with the representation in his stories, and that's been talked about lots, and, like, I'm not going to sit here and defend that. But to be like, oh, well, this person's, like, dominates the world better than Tolkien, I'm like, that's, like, a... That's a big... I also don't like... a big ask. That comment, because it's not the same world. So I get what they mean with that comment, that it's fantasy genre in general, but I don't know. I read it as, like, the world, but it's... We're not just, in the Middle I Earth, think, so I back think off. My, yeah, I think my big thing about it, too, is is like it doesn't mean you have to like you don't have to erase what Tolkien did to put up Jordan mm-hmm. yeah they can be yeah and I did I was like this is this is it's like all great stories start with a party like all great stories start with them running away from the party from something <laughs> yes all and now our fellowship stories, is broken so. <laughs> um start yeah. with uh, a group of guys who are supposed to go on the trip and then people who just show up to the party and are like i'm coming with (laughs) um hello mary and (laughs) pippin (laughs) but i i did get and like i know you put it in our notes that moraine was like a gandalf as well and it was very gandalf vibes especially when she was like oh i don't want to go there and i was like this is just lord of the rings (laughs) this is just the fellowship not wanting to go under the mountain tay of anything to add there (laughs) Sorry, I think my anger. I think my anger overtook that a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) No, I have no notes. That was yep. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, We've already kind of answered this question, but who do you two think the Dragon Reborn is? Taylor, I think you said Rand still. And yeah. uh, I, I feel like it. I mean, it's going to be one of two things, obviously, because it's like so feeling like Rand in the beginning that it's either going to be the his POV too. So yeah, it's going to be like the 180 flip at the end where you're like, oh, maybe it's not Rand. Oh my god, it was the whole time, and you like psych out, or it's going to be um um Perrin. I think because I just don't think there's been enough focus on Perrin and it feels like a really easy way to like slip under the radar. I'll tell you, we get more Perrin in this second part. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) I have a different theory for Perrin. We can discuss that later, but I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's Rand. I'm curious. What's your theory for Perrin? Um, are you, are you ready for that? Or do you want to wait for like predictions? You can give me a prediction now. (laughs) Okay. Um, along the lines of 
my question of if people can become warders. I think Egwene's going to become an Aes Sedai and Perrin's going to be her warder. All right. That's that's my that's your yeah, path I was thinking, for him. I was thinking Rand just because I don't think there. he would. Uh, and it really depends. I don't know enough about Jordan and his writing style to know how much he would push up against the fact that Rand would want to die if somebody else was <laughs> Egwene's warder. I feel like... But, like, I feel like that's the vibe I get. But also, I don't know. I I actually, like, there's a large part of me that wants to side with Taylor because she feels more right right now. And because she feels right, I have to think it's wrong. (laughs) That's fair. Because um, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, I just feel like it's never the thing. These think. predictions might change after our next part. I, yeah, I have a couple of reasons why I think that's going to happen um, for Perrin and Egwin. 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 Um, Egwin. <laughs> Egwin. Yes. <laughs> I'm never going to say it that way. I know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to correct either of you. <laughs> it's fine. She's going to become an Aes Sedai. She's going to need a warder. Either we're getting a new character and he's going to be super hot and Rand's going to be so jealous. Or it's going to be Perrin, who she is closer to Perrin than she is Matt. And I feel like these characters... They, oh god, they're... she would die in five seconds if Matt was a warder. <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna happen because I said that. <laughs> um, Matt gets <and> better. <laughs> like I don't think Rand will end up being her warder, partly because of Min's predictions or seeing their patterns. Oh, I actually um, did forget about that. That's a like good show. she says, like you love her, she loves you too, but you're not for each other. Not in that way. So actually, that's where not I that thought way. that. Yeah. That's where I thought the warder thing was going to come in. That's, yeah, that's true. That Because they're not for each other. They are for each other, but not in that way. I just, I feel like it's, they love each other, but their paths are going to go different ways and they can still have that love for each other. But Rand's going to be the dragon and she's going to be Aes Sedai. And I have, oh wait, never mind. <laughs> I'll hold All on. All right, so. Taylor's uh, coming hard in with the prediction. <laughs> we are getting. It pretty long here so i'll go you know rapid fire through the rest of these questions but what was your favorite scene so far either of you did you have a favorite Favorite or even like a favorite quote or favorite quote or just a favorite moment can i read out some of my favorite moments sure uh so the first one i actually flagged was just a line i really like um and it's right near the beginning it's actually on page two (laughs) right 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 at the start start. Uh, but he he's he's talking about um it's it's just you know Rand watching and um he's he's looking at Tam and he says with his thick chest and broad face he was a pillar of reality in that morning like a stone in the middle of a drifting dream and I was like well done <laughs> well done Jordan which uh really um the prose is beautiful sometimes and yeah the prose sometimes. is not great sometimes I didn't flag it <laughs> but there was a line that said slowly he something something oh slowly he his breath started to slow and i was like (laughs) my eye twitched slowly (laughs) did he do it slowly did your eye twitch slowly (laughs) um taylor even caught a uh take and jump in at any uh, point a spelling error in your version oh (laughs) yeah oh god where was that that was in someone was telling a story i just have it flagged this is my one pink tab. This is in the first dream that Rand has, that weird dream. It says, of a sudden, a chill ran along his bones. Instead of all of a sudden? That's what I, I think it was. Mm. Of a sudden, a chill. 
Okay, any favorites <laughs> that aren't um, spelling mistakes? In wars, boy, fools kill other fools for foolish reasons. The good line. That is a good one. I don't know how to say this character's name, but it's the it's the the being in the dream, the Bal Balzaman. It's like Balzaman. Bal Al. Because ba- there's two ba- A's, Al-Zaman. right? Balzaman. But it's Balzaman is what I say. Marissa learns to speak. That's what this <laughs> podcast is. There's a lot of um, apostrophes in a lot of these names. Yes. It makes it look fancy and fantasy. (laughs) Anyway, he says, the end of time, you live like a beetle under a rock and you think your slime is the universe. The death of time will bring me power such as you could not dream of worm. And I was like, that is terrifying, but also like wonderfully written. (laughs) Because if somebody said that to me, I would just curl up in a ball and give up. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, that's the vibe that rand really felt in that moment so i felt like you know i was i was with him mm-hmm. i would have also forgot to use my sword if or no that's the wrong spot sorry but yeah well i would have also <laughs> freaked out and tried to run out of the dream <laughs> yeah that was a good one i remember that one sticking out too also oh this is when he's talking to min um and he's talking about dreams or he's asking what she sees over him when she looks at him and uh he says, do you see anything about rats or dreams? Rats? No, no rats. As for dreams, maybe it was your idea of a dream, but I never thought it was mine. Ooh, cryptic. <laughs> yeah. Min was my favorite character, Min by the is way. cool. Yeah. I like I, Min. And she was like, we'll meet again. And I was like, I am so happy you said Absolutely. that. <laughs> yeah. Min comes back in. Don't worry. <laughs> I think as far as favorite scenes, like that whole exchange, I, think I really Min, liked. Actually, now that I'm like re-looking through this, I think the Min scene was my favorite. Mm-hmm. And then also her showing up again and then just being like, hey, that girl over there is also with you guys. Hey, very important person. (laughs) Very important person. How are you guys not starting a fire? I was like, I love you. Please never leave. (laughs) One of my favorite lines just from the Minethrin story. And it's uh, by the third night, no help had come and no messengers. And they fought on alone for six days for nine. And on the 10th day, Eamon knew the bitter taste of betrayal. No help was coming and they could hold the river crossing no more. I don't know why. I just, that story just gives me shivers. That was an intense moment. I actually really liked that moment. And I don't normally like a lot of monologuing like that. Not monologuing, monologuing, (laughs) monologuing. Not mo- I, I, I'm not necessarily not a fan of monologuing. Oh my god! <laughs> Speak. <laughs> I'm not necessarily not a fan of monologuing, but I do find it tiresome when they're retelling stories over and over. Which also the song, I almost, I had to force myself not to skip. I hate songs, which is bold because I'm a Tolkien person. What song? There was a song that Tom's they they sing. Oh, in the I end, always skip songs. I like a little. <laughs> I just I was like I have to read it. Yeah, I but I I it really killed me. Um, but I will say I usually skip songs and dreams, but dreams are very important in the series, so don't skip the dreams. Yeah, I know. I also. would never. I wouldn't dream of it. I wouldn't dream. <laughs> of that. Um, but I did really like that scene where Maureen was like, "How dare you all!" Like <laughs> that was intense. They also, not to bring up the show, but they kept actually most of that monologue in the show. That's impressive. And um, uh, Rosamund Pike, who plays Maureen, was like, are are you sure? She's monologuing here for like four minutes. Like, this is intense. And the showrunner was like, no, we have to keep that in. That is so, like, intense and important. And it was actually very awesome. So Nenev actually says something. She says, "You you stand up straw men. We have a saying in the two rivers, whether the bear beats the wolf or the wolf beats the bear, the rabbit always loses. Take your contest somewhere else and leave 
Eamon's field folk out of it. And I was like, really like, Nanit, like, get out of here before this moment. And then I was like, you know what? She actually has a point a yeah. little bit. Like, she's not <laughs> like Moraine and her are kind of right, both right in the sense that Nanit is like, you're you're screwing over all these people. Mm-hmm. And Moraine is like, what would you like me to do instead? And I'm like, the gray area. Like, I actually think that was a Brock, good hard place. Yeah. <laughs> the entire book. Um, <laughs> I have two little moments that are focused on egg. Eggy. Eggy. <laughs> Start calling her eggy. Also, Nynaeve. I don't know if it's going to matter to anybody, but. Nynaeve? Nynaeve. Nynaeve. <laughs> Again, I called um, her naive for a while. Well, I'm, I'm, Rand says. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, nope. so sorry. I interrupted that. I was just gonna say, if you hadn't told me it was I said I, we would have had a really awkward conversation <laughs> to start off this podcast. So <laughs> I was like, How I would, would you not have said it. Uh, probably Ace today because yeah. I wouldn't have known not to pronounce it. Pronounce the S. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, Rand says, "I still think you shouldn't come." He said, "I wasn't making it up about the Trollocs, but I promise I will take care of you." And Eggy is like, "Perhaps I'll take care of you." She replied lightly. And I like her little clap back at him there. Like I, I actually enjoy any scene where he works up the nerve to talk to her, and then she, she just absolutely shuts him sasses down. the hell out shuts of him. him down. Yeah. <laughs> because what he and I appreciate that he at least knows half the time. He's like, "Why am I saying this? Like, what am I doing?" Like his internal monologue does save him a lot of redemption points because he's like, he's like, I should not be wishing her to fail. And then he's like, why am I wishing her to fail? There's so many times, too, where he feels like he made a blunder in front of a girl. And then he thinks, oh, I wish I had parents skill with girls or I wish I had Matt's skill with girls. And it kills me every time he says it. Because, like, the you you think that they have skill with, with her. Sorry. <laughs> like, what skills? <laughs> Matt just doesn't care. Also, I think all the girls in town want to kill him. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's the track. I, uh... I mean, Matt was going to release a badger on in the field where all the girls were just to see what happened those so. are mad skills <laughs> just just to see what would happen <laughs> just for shits and gigs later um, on i, I can't a- remember if it's in this first part or if it's like later on when matt's kind of scared he just turns to rand he's like what do you think um whatever the other person they were with what do you think so-and-so did with the badger <laughs> just like says it and rand's like Shop. <laughs> um i had a my second one there was Egwene's face in the moonlight was smiling in excited delight. Her braids streamed behind like the horse's manes, and the gleam in her eyes was not all from the moon. And I think that just kind of she's loving life. Shows our girl is ready to party. She is laughing First, in the face of danger. She's on an adventure. Second, she finds out she can do magic. Um, <laughs> girl is living, living the, dream. the dream. Alex is like, I want to be you. Yes, <laughs> like the fantasy. Yeah. Uh, Nanave. Nynaeve. 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 Sorry, I will get it eventually. <laughs> I uh, won't. <laughs> I will. No, I probably won't. Just say N. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, she, I actually, I, this is also when I started really liking her character too. Uh, at one point, she gives Maureen herbs, which also that was just like a really funny scene because like, they're like, you know, my magic, my magic. <laughs> like it just felt like. Maureen was like. Mm. <laughs> and then she took the herbs and I was like. Yeah, you guys can work together. <laughs> but uh, Lan goes up to her after they arrive in um, the place I'm going to mispronounce. So I'm not going to say it. No, the other one, Shadar. Shadar Logoth. Oh, Shadar Logoth. 
<laughs> Shadar yes. Logoth. <laughs> Shadar Logoth. And Lan's like, you have to watch what you give her. Like, you don't, there's so much, like, you don't, like, he's, like, getting mad at her. And Maureen is like, she simply does not know. And Nynaeve, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I did it. Nynaeve stopped digging in her bag and looked at him frowning. But it was, uh, sorry, but it was to Maureen she spoke. There are many things I don't know. Which thing is this? And I was like, oh, like they really tried to paint her as like this like overly egotistical like person. And I was like, yeah, she's just the wiz- like she's just the village wisdom. She's a wizard who is there because like she's so much younger. So she gets comments every day. Yeah. And she really does know her limits and she's not trying to be this ego. And then I was like, yeah, you know what? I shouldn't have trust my male, you know, point of view that I'm getting mm-hmm. to give an accurate representation of this woman yeah. of power, essentially. Yeah. Because, of course, he wasn't going to get the full yes. gist of her personality. I just really liked that she was like, like, screw off. I know I don't know a lot of things, but how the hell am I supposed to know what I don't know? Mm-hmm. Like, you need to communicate with me, essentially. Also, when she got there and Lan was like, oh, I must be getting, you know, careless in my old age or something, basically. <laughs> because he, like she said, she followed the trail. And then she was like, no, I can follow trails better than most people. So... It's like, actually, I'm just amazing. Actually, I'm so... just great at tracking. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> right. Any other? That was a lot of favorites, but I, I'm glad I will are. say, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this as a, as, a, as a shout out to anyone who's maybe listening to this because they just want to see if they would like the series. Like, I just think it's really, it is, there's moments where it's not so well written, but I mean, that's what you get when you write such big books. Like, there's always going to be mistakes and little things that get by the millions of copies uh, mm-hmm. that like copy edits that have been done but there are some really truly beautiful moments and i i i do stand by what i said like if you are a fan of tolkien it did feel like slipping on a sweater like Mm -hmm. it did feel like curling up under a blanket on the couch and just like getting comfy because it was so familiar Mm -hmm. so it's really i'm really enjoying it so far that's good i'm glad same uh and then we have my last question sort of on the list and i wanted to make this sort of a section but i'm calling it our mvt and our lvt which is most valuable to viren and least valuable to viren <laughs> and you know technically just our boys are to viren but we can just you know most valuable character and least valuable character most valuable currently yes or like most Favorite. liked yeah, most liked, most liked. <laughs> okay I need for a so far in the story Teddy, you got your list up i do (laughs) in first place uh i have moraine right now i like i like a magic lady immediate yes she's having to put up with some mistrust from all these boys uh but i think she's good she's she's helping them survive and she's uh one of the like highlights in the story for me when like she does something making a firewall, growing up super tall, making everyone feel like they had three days rest when they just like slept for an hour. Um, I think she's just really cool. And do you have more on the list or do you have? Oh, I ranked, I ranked them. I ranked. <laughs> Please our, give us your whole eight. ranking then. Yeah, I'll just go through them rank. quickly. <laughs> okay, second, I uh, have Egwene. 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 There you go. No, determined, adventurous, future magic girly. Uh, and third, I have Perrin. 
Uh, sweet boy knows nothing but acts and worry. <laughs> acts and worry. <laughs> In fourth, I have Lan, sword daddy, want him to like me. Uh, Lan's hot fifth, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> fifth is Tom, tell me stories flamboyantly. How old are you is my question. Now, my last three could be moved around a little bit. Sixth is Nineve. Nineve. <laughs> Nineve. <laughs> I can't. Like uh, I. Nineve. <laughs> Nineve. There you go. Uh, she's got such anger and I respect it, but right now, no thank you. It's too much. <laughs> um, I will say I think she's going to get better. I think she'll move up my ranks. Seventh, Matt just stresses me out. I want him to stop. <laughs> Last place, we have POV Rand. <laughs> doesn't believe that women can do it. So boo to Rand. <laughs> That's my rank. Yeah. Rand is annoying <laughs> at times. <laughs> I actually like it's so funny because when I was reading it, I felt like I didn't dislike him as much as when I started thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Like, it was fine you when really I was reading it. it, and then I started dissecting it, and I was like, he sucks. <laughs> like, it really, it really... So, again, I'm just going to say this for anyone who, like, hasn't started the book, is just reading this as, like, maybe this is a series I would get into. Like, it's really well written to the point that I was still on his side while I was reading it, and then I would stop and be like, Wait no, stop. <laughs> Incorrect. So, it's still, like... Put really... that milk down. <laughs> Don't do that. Honestly, this is that's why the... bad things happen. That is the biggest red flag. You're right, Taylor. I actually... I'm, I'm sad that I didn't note that myself. The glass that that was the milk. red flag. So, good call, Tay. Nasty. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go through my order real okay. quick, which I, I just did. So, Moraine. I, I feel like that I don't want to, like, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, she's doing the most right now. Yeah, she's doing yeah. the I'm most. I'm actually, I will say I'm stressed about how much I like her because, again, I don't, I don't have trust in books. So I feel like this is going to 180 on me. As in, like, she she's, she's going to change or? She's going to have some more problematic things come up than has been displayed yet because she seems like she is really doing the most right now. And I feel like that, and I don't know how far into the series this is going to happen, but there's going to be a moment where I'm like, wow, girl, like real drop to the last part of the list, whether she stays there or not. I just, I have a feeling because nobody can stay this high forever. <laughs> Nynaeve is actually next. So I'm really on the opposite side of the pool from, from Taylor. I agree <laughs> I that like she it. started off as like, stop, like, stop, just stop. Like, you're so angry. You're so stubborn. But I really appreciated, like, her stubbornness in the fact that, like, there is no other way to get her job done. And I really love that she is that dedicated to protecting the people in her village, that she's come after them this far. Even if she doesn't necessarily, like, also, she's only acting this way because she doesn't know, like, they haven't told her enough. Mm -hmm. Like, of course you would act this way. You're not trusting Moraine. I get why she doesn't necessarily like Moraine, but she's still trying to help, which I really appreciated. Like, she's not being petty just to be petty. Mm-hmm. She's not, I'm not going to offer you my herbs because you're not worth it. She's like, you need this yeah. and I can help if you guys would let me help. Yeah. So I actually really like her. I feel like she's got the force of everyone against her right now and she is meeting the challenge and yeah. I appreciate that. I like how you said I'm not going to give an explanation and then explain both. Sorry. 
know. I, I love it. I just I, made I me was, laugh. I was trying not to explain Moraine, and then I was like, I have a kind of theory about <laughs> where she's her arc, and I feel like I, I love it. Uh, so I also uh, I have. I'm gonna go through the next ones maybe quick. So if you guys have questions, maybe ask. So I have Tom and then Perrin. You love a group bard. A bard. Yeah. Yeah. He he's only not at the top of my list because he's not trusting Moraine, and I it hasn't been explained why enough yet. So I just like red flag a little bit. Mm-hmm. Perrin, then Lan, then Rand. When I look at it objectively, <laughs> when I'm reading it, I actually don't mind him. Uh, and then I have Matt last, not because I don't like him, but as Taylor stressful. said, <laughs> like he stresses me out, and every time, like it is really stop just. If he could stop making jokes, if he could, if he could just take a minute and uh, digest what is happening, like he's going through PTSD, is what is happening, and he is deflecting the hell out of this whole situation. Yeah. And when he breaks down, he's probably going to be my favorite character. <laughs> I Alex? want to say this. <laughs> How do I speak without spoiling? Okay, Matt very much annoyed me for book one and most of book some of yeah. book two. The end of book two is was like, oh yeah instant fave <laughs> yeah and then just I, from I just, there on i was okay. like oh, i don't know if this is what's going to happen but i would say in in my story world um and as a writer i would expect that he's 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 gonna just keep deflecting until he has a moment where he can't and then i'm gonna love him mm-hmm. and i do agree i think and i feel like yeah i just the jokes and the gags and the finding treasure it just seems very much like he cannot live in the reality right now and it stresses me out but I, I kind of get it. I think there's going to be shifts. Yeah. As we read a few more, I think there's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be some changes. I'm going to listen back to this in like three books, and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> I want you guys to remember your predictions too, because I'll, that's I'll keep incredible. my list. Yeah. But lastly, I know Taylor, you said you have some predictions, so I just want your both of your general predictions, whether that's for each character, where the story's going to go, whatever you might have had in your list. Tayana, you already said your parent prediction, and I guess part of your Rand prediction, maybe. But please go through all your predictions that you have. So Rand is the dragon. That's my main prediction for that. I already went over Tam was a warder, uh, possibly to his Aes Sedai wife, Kari. Um, Egwin. Egwene. <laughs> it's so funny because Alex was like, I'm gonna That's stop not- correcting you. And then she gets like she visibly twitches because every you time. Pause. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's not how it's spelt. <laughs> um again, I called names. her Eugene Anyways, yeah, for the yeah. first book. <laughs> Eggy becomes an Isodai. Perrin becomes her warder. Very platonic way. Um now Rand and Egwin <laughs> Eggy do not end up together. Maybe they kiss one time. It's a little romance. Just a little kissy prediction. kissy. Just one. And then they're like, this isn't, it doesn't work. Fight, 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 kiss. Um, my kind of end of series prediction. Bold. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it I is bold. It. But I love, I love I the boldness. I appreciate I'm it. I'm like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Rand is the dragon. And in order to save the world destroy the dark one um he has to sacrifice his sanity to do it like he's got to use this power and he's gonna lose his mind like we've kind of seen lose baron telamon lose his um and then i think it's gonna be up to Egwene to p- 
put Rand down. She's going to have to kill him. Very Jon Snow Daenerys style. And yeah, I think she's trained up with her powers. We already know she's kind of got a natural tendency to it that she's not going to need to study as hard or as long um, as others have. So I think she's just going to really pick up on it and it's going to come down to her. Um, And then I think very end, Matt is going to be the only one who returns to Emmons Field. Like at the end of everything, everyone's grown and gone their separate ways. Um, But he's going to go back home. All right. Those are my, that's the end. That's your end goal. Cut scene. Yeah. Fade to black. Will Weaves is the real Wills. (laughs) That's, That's how she feels. I have mixed feelings. So I'm not as bold or as sure as the predictions as I feel like like you've got like quite a few like fleshed out Taylor which is like amazing I'm really impressed I feel a little bit more like if Rand is the dragon or like that I I don't think it's gonna be good because I think he has like a lot of darkness in him and I think that's gonna really come out and it, I feel like it would play out one of two ways which is either Egwene has to rescue him as has been foreshadowed from the beginning of their trip or um, like you're saying Egwene has to like end it and I think that that would be but I think he would turn to the not he would turn to the dark side kind of thing like he would not he would not handle the power well Darth Rand yeah Darth Rand (laughs) (laughs) you've got Sith Lord Bella and Darth Rand minutes to emotionally recover from that joke um so I I (laughs) I feel that. And I think that's why I think most of it is going to be like very heavily hinted that Rand is. And I think Perrin's going to come out of nowhere. That's what I'm getting like 300 pages into a however many page series. There's over 4 million words. So yeah, I don't yeah. know how many so pages. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like that might just go up in the air. I know he's not going to be evil, but I get really weird vibes from Tom. I like him a lot. This might have my trust issues like written all over it, but I feel like something is coming that is not great with him. And I don't I don't know what that is. I just have really bad vibes around him, even though I like him a lot. So I just have that feeling. I I, I explained my feelings about Moraine mm-hmm. of like, I feel like, I again, I like her a little bit too much. I feel like there's going to be something that she either has to do or does that really switches that. And um, oh, I had another one. I have a really hot take and I don't actually think it's going to happen, but I saw a glimmer of it and I, I loved the idea. So I I don't really know if this is going to happen, but if I if I call this, it's going to be amazing. I don't think I can look at you because I think I know what you're going to say. What is it? <laughs> is it a relationship that you might oh, like, see coming? Yeah. Do you know who? Who do you think it is? I don't want to say who I think it is okay. because then it's going to give it away. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to... Now I'm going to be disappointed if I don't shut it out amazingly because you're giving me a look like I know something. I just have a feeling that I know what you're going to say. I'm going to blink. Okay. <laughs> it's Neneve and Lan. <laughs> okay, I'm keeping a straight face. That wasn't a laugh of, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're just, I like it. I, have, I, I like it. I like the I, 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 I really got that vibe. Like, I just really, I really saw it. And it was at the moment where they were sitting in the room of the inn and everyone was super uncomfortable. <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh, I feel like this might happen. Hey, he was impressed by her tracking skills. Very he was. Impressed. It was It was like, hmm. Like, there was just a little something, something. Just a little tension. A little, little tension. I liked it. I also think Egwene will end up with Perrin. Okay. And that's also just okay. kind of based off of the prologue. Like, she was like, oh my God, Perrin's cute. 
everyone says I'm going to marry Brandon, though. You. Like, <laughs> that was the vibe. Uh-huh. I, uh, I do think, I do like the idea of Perrin becoming her warder in that way. But I think whoever, if she does fulfill the Aes Sedai level, I think whoever becomes her warder will be a love interest. And I don't think that will be platonic. I mean, we've got over 2,700 characters to come. <laughs> yeah, we're really focused so. on like our seven, and then it's going to come out of nowhere. There are plenty more. <laughs> also, I'm ready for Min to come back immediately. Yeah, Min's great. I'm never going to stop Min's talking about cool. Min. She's so, cool. Um, I did. I had one more, um, which I think will come up next book, The Great Hunt. Um, when Tom's telling the story, talks about to the eight corners of the world, the hunters ride to the eight pillars of heaven where the winds of time blow and fate seizes the mighty and the small alike by the forelock. Now the greatest of the hunters is Rogosh of Talmud, Rogosh Eagle Eye, famed at the court of the High King, feared on the slopes of Shale Ghul. Uh, Shale Ghul. Shale Ghul. Yeah, you got that right the first time. When Min is talking about what she sees around them, when she's talking about Matt, she says a red eagle, an eye on a balance scale. And um, like Alex, you've pointed out what Rand shouts. No, it's Matt that shouts it. When, or yeah, Matt, sorry, shouts when racing to fight the Trollocs. Um, There's a mention of a red eagle there as well. Yeah. So I think Matt's going to play a big part in the next book, possibly as this Rogosh of Talmund, Rogosh Eagle Eye mirror. Is it mentioned or... in the book what the Horn of Valier is yet? No. Nope. All right. Then I will keep my mouth shut. Just, <laughs> I'm guessing that's what we're hunting for greatly. Yeah, it is a great hunt. But, but I'm from. Yeah. All right. Any final words before I release you and allow you to read up until the end of chapter 43? And I want to tell you that it was going to be the end of chapter 42 and then I read the end of chapter 42 and I was like I gotta give one more chapter (laughs) because the end of chapter 42 is so abrupt it would be worse (laughs) it's still abrupt at the end of 43 but it's like slightly better than the end of 42 I am not leaving this the last day I will be shocked if I do not finish like the next part within before the week starts yeah we have a week between just for the listeners we have a week between when we're recording this in the next one and I will like I can almost guarantee I will not be leaving until the last day because I'm so curious mm-hmm. well you gotta see who has survived this river crossing <laughs> if anyone I'm besides tonight <laughs> Rand and Matt and Perrin and Tom that's all we have so far right yeah we don't know where where are the horses land the horses are literally Bella, Bella. is Bella dead where are you no, she I, can't be dead because there was a fan I, theory about her. So Bella's fine. True. Maybe that is part of the theory. I feel Bella's like Bella's the only Bella's one fine. alive. Also, all the characters made all the all the named characters made it out because sorry, this is spoilers. But like Alex wouldn't have taught us anything about them if they were just gonna die in the first third of the book. <laughs> first book. Unless unless she's unless, being misleading. Unless it was a red herring. Was it was it intentional? Who knows? No. <laughs> I think everyone's okay, but what happened to Egwene? I have to think about it every time I You'll get it eventually. But you did get it that time. But I mean, it'll come easier. <laughs> um, but like the Trollocs were like on her and Perrin's butt. And Perrin just launched off the cliff into the river. But Bella was slowing down. So either Bella like pulled a maneuver and got her out of there. Or I mean, I don't think Trollocs take prisoners. And remember too, the Trollocs specifically 
were looking for the boys as well. So it's not awesome that she was right by Perrin, but, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Read and find out. (laughs) I am about to. (laughs) I keep saying that, and uh, it comes up often. It's a Sanderson thing. Says He says read and find out a lot. Uh, but he says it because it came from Jordan. Anytime someone would ask him a question in an interview, that's cute. I like that. Would say R A F O. I don't think he coined that term originally, but that's why Sanderson says it. So I don't know, just cute. Cute. All right. Any final thoughts? No, from that's anyone? it for me. All right. So we're gonna go. Part two is chapter twenty-one to the end of chapter forty-three. That's what we'll be discussing next time. So read up until there, or continue. You know, whatever you want to do. But that is what we will be talking about next time that's where these two are going to stop or at least they're going to stop and write notes (laughs) if they can't control (laughs) i can control and uh that is all the wheel weaves as the wheel wills happy reading are you sure you said that right (laughs) now i'm second guessing myself (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you so much for listening to this long but hopefully not long-winded podcast if you want more from us you can go ahead and follow us on instagram at queens of fantasy pod on there we also have a discord server which is shared with our sister podcast the book jar pod so you can go ahead and uh, join that and where you can meet some other people who are reading along and also ask us any questions you want to ask us about the series about books in general or you know if we just questions for the pod yeah exactly if you want to ask anything you can do so there Otherwise, we thank you again for listening, and we will see you in the next chapter. Bye. Bye. Bye.